Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. chapter 11. It's good to come to church and seek the Lord for a blessing, to hear from the Lord. It's wonderful to come to church and be a blessing to the Lord. And I believe that uh, the singing this morning was a blessing to the Lord. Amen. Luke chapter 11. Many of you are on the same Bible reading schedule that I am to read the Bible through this year. And uh, you've just uh, read this passage recently in Luke chapter 11 and uh, verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey and come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble be not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. I say unto you, Ask, and shall be given you, Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, Will he for a fish give him a serpent? If he shall ask an egg, 
Will you offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? As we talk this morning about prayer and look at this and study it, I want you to think of this word that the Lord used, importunity. Importunity. As we think about prayer, think about that word as we go through it, okay? This word importunity is used in the sense of there's a persistence. That there's a pressing. That there's a frequency. Paul, um, in his passage where he taught about the uh, putting on the whole armor of God and where he preached and taught on prayer, he said that we are to pray with all perseverance. Again, as we think about prayer this morning, I want us to think about that, the persevering in prayer. I think if we're not careful in our Christian walk and in our Christian life, we'll begin to think that everything's supposed to be comfortable. Like an all, you know, just immediate gratification. But I believe that the Lord taught us that we need to have some tenacity in our spiritual walk. Some initiative. Some pressing. Some, some taking some steps toward and seeking after. And that's what prayer is, is to go after and to seek after the Lord. There's a persistence in it. It's interesting in in verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord was praying in a certain place, and when He ceased. Now the Bible tells us that we are to pray without ceasing. Right? And so the Bible is not telling us that, that we are never ever to stop praying, but to pray about everything. That as we have a life that's centered around God... That we, we don't stop praying. In other words, we go from one prayer to the next. From one thing to the next means that we go from one prayer to the next. And seeking God and asking Him. And, and we see that the Lord Jesus Christ here is praying. And you'll see that throughout the Gospels. That Jesus Christ was praying. That He was in fellowship with the Father. It is clear that Jesus Christ and the Father are in oneness. And in fellowship, in prayer. And his disciples here, seeing him pray, said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And the Lord does. He does teach him to pray. He teaches them what it is and what it is not. In Matthew, in a kind of a parallel passage to this in Luke, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 7, he says this. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. That's Jesus' words, not mine. Calling them hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest... Enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, 
Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. As the Lord teaches what prayer is not, He says prayer is not about being seen of others. It's about talking to your Father. It's not about uh, impressing others with our prayers. And it's not about vain repetition. It's not about this um, religious lingo. But it truly is about a relationship. He says in Luke what prayer is not. He uses an example the Lord does in Luke chapter 18 and verse 9. He said, he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous. You know what we call that? We call that self-righteous. There are those that trust in themselves that they are righteous. And you know what always goes along with that? And despised others. Two men went into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee. And the other, a publican, a sinner. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Well, there's there's the problem right there. He should have been praying with God. He was praying with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Can you imagine that? I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Can I say that this is not seeking God? You know what this is? This is trying to impress others. This is a lifting himself up in pride. Can I say that our prayers, in our prayers and in our fellowship and conversation with God, we are not instructing him. In our prayer life, He is teaching us. We are not teaching Him. And that passage goes on, and this is what prayer is. In Luke 18 and verse 13, the next verse, And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift so much as his eyes toward heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, Be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his home, house, justified, rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I want us to notice here the power of prayer. It wasn't a big prayer. It wasn't a long prayer. But would you agree with me that this is a powerful prayer? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You say, where is the power? The man went home justified. We've mentioned this word recently, just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. I mean, this guy went home changed. This man went home happy. On Wednesday night in our Bible study as we've been teaching through John and and we taught through John chapter 13 and Jesus, the example of of washing the disciples' feet, even Judas' feet. And the outline for that teaching was humility, holiness, happiness. In that order. 
That we humble ourselves. And then the, the picture of the cleansing and the cleaning of the washing of the feet is the holiness, a holy walk, and then happiness. And he says, Jesus says about that, if we'll humble ourselves and follow his example in John 13 and verse 17, if you know these things, happy are ye if you what? Do them. Not happy are you if you know them. Happy are you if you what? Do them. This man had a prayer that made him happy. This man had a prayer that sent him home justified in a life that was changed. And you know how he, how he, how he approached the Lord? Humbly. Humbly. Prayer is about humbling ourselves and recognizing our position, our need, His position, and His ability. As Jesus begins to teach His disciples here and teach us, there's a revelation, I would say, in this of the New Testament prayer life. And that is that this prayer life in the New Testament is based on a relationship. That our prayer life is based on a relationship. He says, our Father. And as you just see those two words, I believe that there's actually two relationships implied in that. First, Father. Second, is our. That if you're in Jesus Christ, if you've been saved, if you've been born again, if you're in the body of Christ, we all have the same Father. We have the same Heavenly Father. Not only is that the basis of prayer, but that is the basis of the church, is our relationship with God. You know what that makes us? Brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a a unity, a oneness because of Him. Not because of our background. Not because of our interests. Not because of our incomes. Not because but because of our relationship in Christ, our Father. Our privilege and right to God. And it is a privilege. Our privilege and right to God is based on our our relationship as children of God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, let us, Therefore, come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That you and I, any believer, every believer, can come boldly to God's throne in prayer and find mercy and find grace and find help in time of need. And just two verses up from that, It says in verse 14 of Hebrews 4, Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The reason why you and I can come boldly before the throne of grace and and find the help that we need with our Father is because of our high priest. Jesus Christ. It's because of the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it so clearly, so plainly, uh, so simply. 
He says in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way that you and I get to God, the way that you and I have this privilege in prayer and this fellowship and relationship with the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. Paul says in Timothy, he says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. There's one mediator between God and us. The man, Christ Jesus. The way that you and I can come to God, can know God, can fellowship with God, can pray to God, is by and through Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you. Is God Almighty, the creator of all things, your Father through Jesus Christ? I didn't ask you, are you religious? I asked you, are you in the family of God? By and through Jesus Christ. I'm asking you the question, are you saved? Have you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If so, then you have a relationship privilege to pray. You have that privilege to pray. To know God, to know Him as your Father is one of the greatest And really one of the most precious experiences for those who trust in Christ. To know that He is our Father. Jesus said this in Matthew 11 verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. He said, hey, I can can make you know the Father. And then he says this, verse 28, the verse after. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know what Jesus is saying today, just as he said then? Come to me, and you can know the Father. Not just, not just I'll introduce you to the Father, but that you can know him as Father. That's what Christ is saying. Come to me, and you can know him As Father. One of the greatest experiences here on earth is to know that God is your Father. Once an individual has trusted Christ as Savior and knows God as their Father, a whole new world and reality opens up to them. A private life of prayer now. The Holy Spirit indwelling them and and leading them to pray. Just as we read that passage already. But thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. It is of great importance to the believer to be able to pray. To be able to offer praise to God. To be able to offer thanksgiving to God. To be able to seek God's will in our lives. To prayer is a way that you and I can draw strength for our day to day. Think about that. How would we face our trials and troubles and tribulations without the power and privilege of prayer? How would we do it? We'd be lost. I believe that the Holy Spirit that indwells each believer 
will lead us to pray. I believe that. I believe the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray, will move us to pray. The Holy Spirit that indwells each believer actualizes our relationship with the Father. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 14, the Bible says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit inside of us says, He's my Father. He's my God. You know, the Bible tells us that, that if we believe by faith that He'll save us and He will be our Father. But there comes a point in time where we act on that in faith and trust and belief and we receive the Spirit and that, that, that faith becomes a reality where the Spirit inside says, oh, I know I'm a child. I know I'm a child. I know I'm a child. He says, this, verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, there may be some that have gone away from God. Turn their backs on God. But if you're a child of God here this morning, you know it. If you're a child of God here this morning, you know that. The Holy Spirit inside bears witness to it. And if there's no Holy Spirit inside, well, today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. He says, and if child, if children, verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. That's good news. That's bigger than hitting the lottery. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be, uh, we may be also glorified together. The Spirit inside tells us that we are the children of God. We read in the Bible that if we by faith believe and trust that we are born into his family. Our Father, which art in heaven, that we can say that and know it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I've said this before, but it's good to remember in our daily lives, day by day and in prayer, it's good to remember where he is and where we are. We're here on earth, we're stuck in time, but he's in heaven, in eternity. Not limited by time. So he has a little different perspective than you and I do. It's good to remember where he's at and where we're at. As we're talking to him, he has a different perspective. But as the Lord begins to teach his disciples and us to pray, I think it's interesting here that he starts with praise. Hallowed be thy name. That the purpose of prayer is praising God. Glorifying God. Worshiping God. Hallowed be thy name. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we begin to think that the purpose of prayer is to get. But the real joy of prayer is to give. To give praise. To give thanks. To glorify His name. And this is the way to start. This is a good example of the way to start in prayer is by thanks, praise, honor, glory. 
By the way, we've already realized that we've received all the greatest blessings that could be. You know, many times we go and ask the Lord, will you bless us? And he said, hey, I, you're a joint heir with Christ. All spiritual blessings have been given to you. You are blessed. If you've been saved and born again, I mean, you are blessed. Very blessed. But to give honor, to give praise, to give glory. There should be a sense of awe. As we're talking to the creator of the universe. As we enter into his presence, that he is a king. And then he has a kingdom. His kingdom is eternal. He will reign forever and ever. That's who we get to talk to. Thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. His will must be done. His will must be done in our lives and in our hearts as we call ourselves Christians, as we call ourselves followers of Christ. You know what we should seek? We should seek His will. His will in our lives. So again... As we start in the prayer, we start with glorifying His name. Then we move to submitting to His will. Right? Many times in our prayer, if we're not careful, we start with telling Him our need and then telling Him our will. (laughs) Have we ever caught ourselves doing that? Lord, this is what I need and this is how I want you to fix it. (laughs) Right? This is my need and this is my plan. Now will you do this for me quickly, right? But it's a glorifying His name and then surrendering ourselves to His will and His purpose, submitting ourselves to His will. It doesn't stop there. He says in verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Yes, He does, the Lord, the Father does want us to bring our needs to Him. He does want us to bring our cares to Him. Casting all your care upon Him. Why? For He careth for you. He cares for us. Day by day, we need His grace. Day by day, as the song we just sang, Lord, I need You. We need Him for all kinds of things. All of us do. And, and His grace is sufficient. His grace is abundant. His grace is multiplied. He wants us to bring our cares and our needs to Him. He says in verse 4, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Boy, doesn't that sound like a fresh start? Doesn't that sound like like a load lifted off? I don't owe anybody anything, and they don't owe me anything. I'm not holding anything over their head, and I am forgiven debt-free, right? The Lord has forgiven me. I'm not carrying around shame. I'm not carrying around guilt. I'm not carrying around regret. I'm I'm forgiven. But not just am I set free from that sin, but I also have forgiven those that have trespassed against me. By the way, in this life, people will trespass against you. People will do things that hurt. Forgive them. Don't hold a grudge. Don't hold bitterness. Don't hold resentment. Forgive others. Free and clear. There is, a, there is a freeness. There's a release. There's a freshness to be able to start knowing that you're forgiven and that you've forgiven. That's a good way to go. He says, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. We know that the Lord will not tempt us to do evil. The Bible tells us that. But it is wise to ask God to lead us day by day because we can be led into temptations. 
Just naturally, we sometimes go that way, right? And so it's smart and wise that we follow the Word of God in Proverbs 3, 6, and all thy ways acknowledge Him. And here's the promise. And He shall direct thy paths. You say, how do I know that the Lord will lead me tomorrow? Ask Him. How do I know that He'll lead me today? Ask Him. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. Deliver us from evil. Can I say that He has and that He will? The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, Who gave Himself for our sins. Jesus Christ gave Himself for our sins. That He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our our Father. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, talking about Jesus Christ, he says this, Who delivered us from so great a death. If you're saved this morning, if you've been born again, you've trusted Christ as your Savior, He has delivered you from the second death. He has delivered you from so great a death. He has. That's done. That's completed. He has delivered you. Then he says, and doth deliver you. So like today, we have some troubles. We have some temptations. We have some trials. You know what? He can deliver you today. He can deliver you. And then it says, and whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Past, present, and future, he's got you covered. Past, present, and future, he is our deliverer. He's our deliverer. He can take care of all that we face and all that we go through. The Bible says, Paul says, in Romans 7 and verse 24, O wretched man that I am. Have you ever felt that way? O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know, Paul's saying, Ah, man, sometimes I get sick of myself. How am I going to get delivered from self? And then Paul answers his own question in the next verse. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord will, can, does deliver his own. His own. He is a good shepherd, and he will take care of his sheep. The Lord will deliver us. Okay, back to where I, the beginning, kind of where I started. That word importunity. We've looked at the pattern now of prayer, the purpose, the power, the passion, right? The person of prayer, the place in your closet, the position in humility. But now let's look at the persistence and the perseverance of prayer. I just read this past week in a book. The perseverance of the saints is made up of new beginnings. How would we ever go on? How would we ever continue on if the Lord didn't give new mercies every morning? That he would, His mercies were new every day. But can I say this? He's given us His grace. He's given us His forgiveness. He's given us His mercy. But He wants us to persevere. He wants us to press on, to go on. That we should learn some lessons of this importunity. And you know, I think that some of the greatest places to learn the lesson of importunity is children. Children. You know, the example that he uses is this guy knocking at his friend's house, you know, in the middle of the night. And as adults, you know what we would say? 
I don't want to ask. You know what I mean? I don't want to bother them. They're all asleep, right? As adults, we kind of have too much pride to be like, man, I need something. Let me go, let me go find out, right? Let me go, let me go. You know, the seeking, I think sometimes as adults, if we're not careful, we lose the thrill of seeking, of going after, of finding out, of being inquisitive. He this knocking, kids have no problem with knocking loud. They have no problem. I don't know if you've noticed, but my kids, I've got four little ones, they have no problem of inconveniencing you. I'm busy. The door's shut. <laughs> they have something they want to ask, and it's real important to them, right? It's really important to them, so they just got to keep bugging until and just. And I've got one that's even high pressure. Like, it's like you might as well just do it quick because you're just gonna get the pressure until it's finally you. You cave. <laughs> you know. The, the knocking on the door, it might not be like that to, today in this day and age. But you know what, what, what we can relate to? Is it middle of the night, you hear your phone buzzing or something, you know? And it's like buzzing, and then it shuts off, and you're like, you tell yourself, you know, that was a missed call, that wasn't important. And, you start, and then right then, it starts over again, right? And then it's off, and you're like, oh my goodness, this must be important, Right? This person wants to talk. Every time they just keep calling back, they keep calling back, they keep calling back. You know what that is? That's persistence. That's pursuing. It's like, I'm going to keep calling until they answer. I know you hear me, right? <laughs> That's importunity. He, he gives us an acrostic here. Ask. Ask, seek, knock. A-S-K. Ask. Seek, knock. And it's interesting, there's a parallel passage to this, ask, seek, knock, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Last night, a man that is uh, special to so many of us, Dr. Greg Estep, Pastor Estep, um, passed away last night. And he's the one that started Charity Baptist Church, Charity Baptist Bible College, where I went. He was a friend, a pastor, a teacher to so many in this church and loved, loved by so many. And one time I respected him a lot. I asked him to sign my Bible. And he wrote this. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Be content and you'll gain much. Matthew 7, 7. And then he wrote, ask. And then I wrote, May the 19th, 1968. He would always say, May the 19th, 1968, because that's when he trusted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But this was his life verse. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. That was his life verse. While he was here on earth, he was, he was asking, he was seeking, and he is knocking. But right now, his faith has become sight. He is in the presence of the Lord Almighty. 
but I think that this is a good lesson. This is a good thing for us, is ask, ask, seek, knock. Take the initiative. Have some persistence. Can I say this? That our lives should be pursuing the Father. You say, how would I do it? Through prayer. Through prayer. Going after Him in prayer. Pursuing after Him. Being persistent. Can I say this? We as Christians, we shouldn't give up too easy. We shouldn't give up too easy. Don't give up. Never give up. Never ever give up. The Bible says because of his importunity, he will arise and give him as many as he needed. It's not that you and I can pressure God into doing what we want. That's not it at all. But what's interesting here is as we continued in the passage, verses 11 through 13, he tells us that he is a father that wants to give us good gifts. It's not like we have to seek him and say, oh, I want something good from you. You know what? He, is a, he said, if you can understand how an earthly father wants to give his child a good gift, how much more? The point is, is, is it's not like we've got to pressure him to get the good out of him. That we, have to, that we have to... No, he wants to. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us good things. Uh, how much more? Look at that in verse 13. It says... If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? That Holy Spirit gives us those gifts, those good gifts. (laughs) Can I say this? That what God has for you is better than what you could think for yourself, that you could come up with yourself, that you could plan for yourself. It's better than you could ask or think. It might not be the plan, the process, the way that you would have planned. And at times you may think that this is not going as planned. But you know what you can trust? That it's for your good. That it's for your good. You can trust. You say, this doesn't feel good, but I know he's good. So I trust him. It doesn't feel good, but I know he's good. So I trust him. It's like that. I trust him. I don't trust all this other stuff. I trust Him. And He's good and He is in control of my life. I think of me and and us as humans trying to give good gifts to our children. Anytime I go and visit the churches in India or, or go to Mexico, I don't even get in the door and my kids know that I probably got them something from, from one of those places. And they're like opening the suitcase, opening my backpack, looking. And I remember one time we were, and I always try. I always try to find them something that would be unique for the place and something that would be appropriate for them. And I remember in, uh, in India, and we saw this uh, little market thing, and there was a, it was a, a brass bugle. It was really neat. And, uh, and it was cheap. And I thought, well, that'd be perfect for Troy. And I never really thought it through (laughs) that he would be blowing that in the house early in the morning. But it was a good gift for him. I don't know if it was a good gift for me. But our Heavenly Father wants to bless us. He wants to give us good gifts and things that we need. As we close, we can think about the privilege that we have to pray. 
How wonderful it is. And the privilege that we have is not because we are so good. You know, the privilege of prayer, sometimes we get this idea of God's going to hear my prayer because I've been good today and He's not going to hear my prayer because I was bad today. No, the privilege of prayer, yes, we do need to confess sin. Yes, we need to do these things and be right with God. But, but our privilege of prayer is not because we're good. It's because we're a child. It's because we're His child. It's because He's our Father. That's why we can go to Him in prayer. That's why we can fellowship If He is your Father, can I encourage you? Persist. Persevere in prayer. Continue in it. Enter into your closet. Ask. Seek. Knock. If you're here this morning, you've not received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Jesus said, He that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I believe this, that if you'll come to the Lord today and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want to trust you today. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. I want to be in the family. I'm putting my faith in you. I believe that today, today, He will. I'll give you a chance in a moment to pray that prayer, to receive the Lord as Savior. He'll hear that prayer. As believers, Christians, we have access to the throne of God. His power, His mercy... His grace, His guidance. In faith, we can glorify Him this week in prayer. Just to thank God. If it's just to glorify His name. Persevere. Be persistent. Think of yourself in prayer like a little kid. Going up to God in faith and knocking and seeking. I'd ask for every head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you've not received, the Lord is your Savior. Would you pray this prayer? God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I believe that your son died for me. That he rose again. That his blood paid my payment for sin. By faith, I'm asking to be a part of your family. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. To save my soul. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I trust you today. I want to make you my own, and I want to be yours.
taking the time to listen today. We love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.